So, welcome into the Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McNichols, joined by my co-host, Rich Howe. Hey, what's up? And our producer, Mike Coyle. What's up, guys? Today is Saturday, April 23rd. We still have the draft fast approaching. We've got a lot of stuff going on. We're still looking at some draft prospects. But first, let's talk about the draft itself and just a little bit about what we feel going into this upcoming draft. What, what, how, how long is it from now? Five days? Five days away. Oh, jeez. We're getting close. I got to do, uh, do some editing here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we got to get through it. So get to work. Won't waste too much time. Just a little, And we'll keep it, you know, relative to the, fan, to the draft and all that. So... Just some general feelings about the draft, some predictions about the draft. Again, I know this is something that I've said, you know, in a couple of episodes now. I just seem to be higher on the ceiling for some of these guys than the consensus seems to be around the league. So, with that, I have quite a different take about how some of the first round is going to play out. Because I believe that in the first round of this upcoming draft, in 2022, there will be four quarterbacks taken and eight wide receivers. So I just gave you 12 offensive players right there, and that's in addition to the offensive linemen that will most likely go. I think we'll see more offensive players in the first round of the draft than defensive players. Okay. Is that uh, is that not normal? Eight wide receivers would be the record for wide receivers taken in the first round. Seven is the max, and just with the way everyone's talking about the wide receiver, people, it seems like, would have to talk themselves into a seventh or eighth wide receiver. But again, the way people have wide receivers graded, your eighth wide receiver might be somebody else's fifth or sixth wide receiver, so they might like that value more at the end of that first round than maybe you would have liked or the draft pundits would like because there's no consensus on where all of these guys go. That's the problem is you can't put them in a clear pecking order, so people seem to devalue them because there's not a Trevor Lawrence, there's not a Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle group. There's a much larger group of guys that fit into a section that's a little bit beneath that. So what about you, Rich? Any... Predictions for you as to as far as the draft, just general going on in the. What I feel the most strongly about, I really think that the Lions at pick thirty two are going to take Sam Howell. You think they're going to forego quarterback at two? Yes. But grab him at thirty two to secure that fifth year, and you think that'll be Sam Howell? Yeah, the first two, number two overall pick, I imagine is probably between Thibodeau and Hutchinson, whoever falls, and then I think they'll in the background um, on the way back they'll pick up Sam Howell. Yeah. The Lions are one of the teams that I could see. The Lions, so here's what I'll say, 32, the Lions are taking a quarterback or another team is taking a quarterback because they will trade with the Lions to grab who that And that's where I think the fourth quarterback will go because no spoilers, but I'll tell you where the other, I think some of the other quarterbacks are going later on. But let's jump into some of the prospects now that we've talked about a little bit what we think going into the draft. So we are going to start off today with a guy who I think has probably had the best pre-draft process of... Definitely any wide receiver and maybe possibly any player in this upcoming draft. And that is North Dakota State's Christian Watson. So, Christian Watson, he had a solid career at North Dakota State as far as, you know, production goes. He had 700 yards in 2019. In 2020, in the shortened season, he only had 400 yards. And then in 2021, he had 800 yards. So he never hit that 1,000-yard season that a lot of pros like to see, but still... It's a run-heavy offense. It's a run-heavy offset. It's North Dakota State, so to clarify for people who name up may not be familiar, North Dakota State is an FCS league school as opposed They're to... They're a 1AA powerhouse. There you go. Yeah. So they are so, not you know, one of the major schools. They ridiculous just, amount of championships in the last decade. Huh? They won a ridiculous amount of championships. Who, North Dakota State? Yeah, yeah, check that out. Can we, can we look that yeah, up real quick? Yeah, pull it out for you. 
And the reason for that is there's not a whole lot of top-level competition there against them. So that's kind of one of the reasons that they tend to dominate that series. But let's talk about some of the positives, that some of the more positives about him and where his stock has kind of risen. So Let's see. We got 2011, 2012, 13, 14, 15, 17, 18, 19, 21... That was what, like? Eight? Oh no! Hold on. Let's see. It's like eight out of the past, like ten or something. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's, it's a lot. So, so they're a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse. They're a run heavy scheme. They're a run heavy offense. That being said, so Christian Watson first started turning heads at the Senior Bowl. He's one of those guys where he's going to turn heads because he's six foot four and two hundred eight pounds. So he's a big wide receiver, and you notice him when he's out there. But he was a small because again, because he's a smaller school, not many scouts were too familiar with him. And then he shows up at the Senior Bowl, and what the Senior Bowl is is that's where all the best, that's where all the top prospects who are seniors who are eligible for the draft go to compete essentially for a week in front of scouts and experts and all that, so you can kind of get a feel for them. And what this does for guys like Christian Watson, who are from a smaller school, is it lets you see them go up against guys from the big schools and top level competition. And he started showing out there at the scene during the weeks for the Senior Bowl and through all of that process. And then we get to the combine, and Christian Watson runs, runs a four three six for a guy who is six four and two hundred eight pounds, fast, yeah. blazing fast. That's the speed you want to see. Now, sometimes with some of these bigger guys, then they might lack kind of the suddenness or explosiveness. Well, thirty eight and a half inch vertical jump, which is tied for fourth, and then he jumped broad jump eleven feet and one. Third of an inch and one third of an inch, or one third of a foot. Sorry, four, four, 11 feet four inches. I don't know why I made that more difficult than it had to be, which was the highest among all broad jumps. So he tested well athletically. He's the definition of a height weight speed guy. He also, again, just through the whole process, just everything, pro, like the Senior Bowl, the Combine, Pro Day, everybody just came away really impressed with him. One of the things you weren't as sure about going into the Senior Bowl and all that was his route running. And then he showed up at the Senior Bowl, and he actually looked like a better route runner than people were giving him credit for. So, he's great at the 50-50 ball. He can be used inside or outside the slot. He's just as good at both. It's not like one's better than the other, and he's more dominant. So, you can move him all over the field and use him as a wide receiver one. That being said, does have a little bit of downside. He's got some of the problems that a lot of these other wide receivers have. The main two being is that, one, he's a little bit of a body catcher sometimes in the deep ball. Bring the ball into his pads as opposed to snatching out of the air with his hands. Two, he has a little bit of concentration drop issue. I believe he had 16 drops throughout his uh, collegiate career. Now, he only had two last year in 2021, which was his highest volume season. So it makes you think that he might have put that behind him. So there's just a lot of upside here. And and I I think the thing with Christian Watson is, is that people are trying to balance now. It's just his ceiling is like a top, it could be a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Oh, yeah, that's what it feels like. The problem is the floor coming out of this small school. Like, he's one of the harder guys to predict, but yeah. I think it's just at this point, this is a guy where it, he's got top five talent. you got to bet on that trade at some point. you got to take him. So, Christian Watson is a guy who could, is sneaking in, could sneak into the back end of the first round in the NFL draft. Where would you take him in a rookie dynasty draft? Second, probably early, mid, early to mid-second. Okay. 
right. I'd be more comfortable taking him as a first-round wide receiver towards the end of the first round. I wouldn't take him over those top five guys we usually talk about. Well, I would take him over Burks, but that's something we've already discussed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't take him over those other top guys, the Chris Olave, Jameis Williams, and all that. But he is right there. He is the next guy on the border for me after those guys. Awesome. Right. So let's move on then. Yeah, we'll move on to KDOT and tight end out of Washington. He had a uh, pretty solid career, nothing crazy, right? He, he just seemed like every year he's around that 30 catch mark, 300 yards. He's a college tight end. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just chiming in real quick. Uh, Go gosh, ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was right around that 30 catch, 300 yard um, mark every season with a couple touchdowns. I um, mean, didn't see a ton of volume. Um, but what he did show was that he's a good route runner, uh, he's a good blocker, he's got good hands, and he's versatile. He lined up in line, he lined up in the slot, he lined up outside. Um, now, it, it does come with some negatives, right? There's some questions about his strength and his balance. Um, he's not very explosive, and you're curious about his long speed. But he's a guy who, you know, I feel like he, he could be a solid tight end for an NFL team. I'm not sure how productive he'd be from a fantasy perspective. Um, what are your thoughts on K-Don? Uh, there are a couple other tight ends that I think just stood out for me. Um, yeah, it's the, they flashed more. I, I, I wish that he had done some testing so I could look at some kind of the athletic numbers because you always want that tangible thing that you can point to and kind of see. And, I mean, from what you see, he seems like a physical player when he's got the ball in his hands. He's got good size. He's 6'5", 250. Yeah, again, it's just... I don't know. He doesn't... He doesn't wow me, right? That's the thing. He doesn't wow you. I think, like you said, he could be a consistent tight end, but I don't think he'll ever be an explosive... I don't think we'll ever be talking about him as a top five fantasy tight end. So, uh, I think he'd be stuck in that back-end bordering. Uh, I don't like throwing everybody into that group like we've been doing. So, like you said, he'll, he'll be a productive tight end for an NFL team. I don't know that that will necessarily lead to a whole lot of fantasy relevance or value. I, I think for the tight end position, I'm looking for more guys with upside as opposed to a guy who could just be on the field for a team. Because you could be on the field for a team as a tight end, and that could translate to almost nothing. He I just mean, feels like your classic like like low-ceiling, high-floor guy. Like you, He might see a steady like five to six fantasy points per week with very rarely breaking that ten-point threshold, depending on if he happens to break in the yeah, end. Right, so what does that even like, do for you? Right. So. Exactly. Kate Otten is a. Uh, you can you can wait on Kate Otten, I would say. Yeah, he's, he's not a guy I'm. I'm really. Th- I'd be thrilled to get, or I'm looking to draft. He's just a guy with a. Again, from athletic standpoint, for tight ends, as far as the draft goes, he he's being talked about as one of the top guys. He's more useful from an NFL standpoint than from a fantasy standpoint. Right. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. Let's move on then to. Yeah, Kevin Austin, wide receiver out of Notre Dame. So his first two seasons at uh, at Notre Dame, uh, were a little he wasn't very productive as a freshman. Right, he had five catches for 90 yards, played in four games, and then he had a uh, suspension in 2019 for a violation of team rules, which was kind of a little ominous. You don't hear anything about it, or for what, why, no clarification it, it whatsoever. Just suspended, missed the whole season for team rules. So you know it's a little bit of a question mark. And then he he came back 2020, played one game. Right, and then this past season he blew up a little bit. Twenty twenty one, he had forty eight catches, eight hundred eighty eight yards, seven touchdowns. He averaged a great eighteen point five yards per catch. Um, let's start with the uh, the athleticism there. He's seems like a very explosive athlete, right? He, he was a 
tied for 11th in the 40-yard dash. He ran 4-4-3. Uh, vertical jump, 39 inches. Ready, right? he, he was second. 20-yard um, shuttle, he was second. Three-cone, he was first. Fifth in a broad jump. So you see the, the athleticism, it, it pops, it shows in his numbers. Um, but also, when he's you watch him on the field, right, you put on the tape, he's showing good physicality, right? He flashed good uh, route running. It was, was a bit inconsistent, but he did flash that he can do it. Um, he was versatile. He, he played in a big slot. He played outside, and he's a willing blocker. Now, he does come with some negatives, right, the limited tape, the questions about his availability, his consistency. Sometimes his roots lack precision and sharpness. Uh, at times he body catches, and there's times where he needs to be stronger at the catch point. But overall, as a guy that I like his athleticism, right? He, he seems like he profiles as somebody who's going to be able to get open and provide yak at the next level. Um, what do you think about uh, Kevin Olson? Again, me and my optimism. Sorry, give me one second. I'm going to grab something. Sorry, me and my optimism with this draft that is unmatched by anybody else is I, I like Kevin Austin's potential. My biggest concern with Kevin Austin is that one-year suspension that's no clarification on whatsoever. So that could be for a number of things. Again, we talked about this a little bit earlier with the, the arrest for, uh, what was his name? I can't even remember. James Cook. James Cook, there you go. And the the open alcohol container in the car and an invalid license, which probably for anybody else would have been a DUI. What could this have been that he was suspended for a full season from the team? But, like, I don't know that there's any actual, like, academic discipline or anything. for. So it was like, you know, I, I guess I need to know more about the program, how strict Notre Dame is with violation of team rules. Is there a lot of people that they, you know, get violated team rules? And, like, a full, uh, just a full season suspended with no information on it. And I guess not being involved in, you know, the draft process or hearing any of the information about that, it makes me concerned. Like, what if this was something serious that just kind of got buried yeah, and now you're worried that rub, right? in a year now there's going to be a video that comes out from him in college doing something that, you know, was supposed to be buried. That's that's the biggest concern I have with Kevin Austin. And that's, that's kind of a huge concern, but this is the NFL. There's nothing proven about him. There's nothing to definitively say. That, I mean, this could have been something where he just... Uh, he could have gotten into an argument with the coach yeah. and been disrespectful with the coach. And that was it. And yeah. it could have been just that simple, which I, doesn't concern me as much as something that Maybe it could was have happened off the field. Maybe something as simple as, like, you know, a curfew violation. He broke multiple times. And you're like, you know what, dude, you're done for a year. Maybe he like, took something he wasn't supposed to. Right? Maybe he failed. Yeah, so failed that's what I mean. There's a wide range of outcomes. Now. We I can speculate all day. Where right? the NFL drafts him will give you a better indication of what happens. Like, if he still goes in the... In within the third round of the NFL draft, that should tell you that it probably wasn't that serious. If he starts to drop further than that because of his athletic numbers, that tells you that teams are more concerned about that happens off the field. So, if he goes within the first three rounds of the NFL draft, he I feel he will be a he he'll be a starting wide receiver in the NFL. Potentially be a number one wide receiver. I'd put him in the back end wide receiver two range from a uh, fantasy standpoint is where I would see him be. Yeah, I like the upside. If he gets on the field and he plays and he does what he's supposed to be, he's a back end wide receiver two with, with upside. This yeah, dude I mean, is ripped. He's got size. Look, he's 6'2", 200, and the athleticism just pops. Like, yeah. You, and you I know the picture. He, he's chiseled. We talked about the when you, the athletic. I know we said it was 11th for the 40-yard dash. 4-4-3 for a 6-2 guy. I mean, again, yeah. th- this 4-4s four were the times that you won it for your running backs and receivers just a few years ago, like those were the expectations, and that's tied for 11th now with just how fast guys are. So I don't want 
Again, comparatively, it's 11th, but if you look at a lot of the other guys that have gone before that have been in the league, they're not this fast. Devontae Adams didn't run that fast at his pro day. Michael Thomas didn't run that fast. Keenan Allen didn't run that fast. So, that, that's just I mean. There's a lot of athletic upside with a lot of these newer guys. Nice, yeah. You, yeah I guess, Ryan, you kind of see it as, like, these new guys are just going to come in and take over. I mean, like maybe but, not right away, but like. You but know. we are kind of seeing that right away. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, we're still. I Waddle. mean, Waddle, yeah. CD Lamb, we're waiting for. Devontae Smith had a good year last year. I mean, AJ he's not Brown. even being talked about because he's buried behind the other guys, and he had a good season last year. So, I mean, well, how many yards did Smith have? Did he hit 1,000 yards? Did, did we finally no, have No, no. It's just under. We still don't have a 1,000-yard wide receiver? I, th- I, I don't think so. Double check. Uh, I'll, I'll double check, I'll check that. that for you. But uh, I think they left him in just to break the Eagles franchise record, which was like 9-12 held by Deshaun Jackson. I think he's just And then who, who, who went the year before that? So who were the guys drafted around, other guys drafted near? We said Lamb and Jefferson, and we did the guys last year. Sorry, 916 yards. Oh, he, just, he, just ah. beat, he just beat the 9-12, yep. Yeah, so... But uh, All right. who who we got into next? So the next one, we're going to talk about another wide receiver out of Clemson, and that is Justin Ross. Justin with a Y, not an I, just for anybody who might be curious. Yeah, it's not, you can't find him if you type in without a Y. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin Ross. If he had been drafted two years ago, Justin Ross would have been a first round pick. The problem is, he's not being drafted two years ago. So let's Start with all that. 2018, as a rookie, 46 catches for 1,000 yards. He averaged 21.7 yards per reception, had nine touchdowns. Exploded onto the scenes as a rookie. 2019, follows it up a little bit down compared to that season, you know, but 66 catches, 865 yards, and eight touchdowns. So the yards per catch comes down, makes sense, but still a very productive wide receiver. Here's the problem. 2020, misses all of 2020 due to... uh, Congenital, uh, yeah, neck, spine injury. Yeah, so he he had a bulging disc and something where, like, I think part of his spine was fused together, and he had to have surgery to fix that. So he does come back in a 2021 and appears in 10 games. However, he only has 46 catches for 514 yards and three touchdowns before getting hurt with a foot. Before getting hurt with a foot injury, so. That's part of the problem. He then had the foot injury as well, so he didn't compete in a lot of the uh, drills at the combine to give us any athletic testing. He did at the pro day run his 40 time, though, which he got a 4.63 at the pro day. So that is obviously less than ideal for what we're talking about for wide receivers, even compared to some of the other guys, although you can always point to somebody like a Cooper Cup who ran a 4.64. That being said, I don't know that he's quite Cooper Cup, and... He was somebody I was a little bit higher on before, hoping that he could come back from that injury and maybe be a little faster. I wanted to see a little higher than the 4.63 and maybe another test or two to kind of help give me some clarity to see if he is fully back from that injury. So I view a, a lot more risk with Justin Ross. I don't know that who, unlike the other wide receivers we talked about before, I, I might have said that I could have viewed him being a wide receiver one. I see him being his upside being a wide receiver two role. Maybe not a slot wide receiver two. He could still be a wide receiver two on an outside. But uh, I, I, I think he best projects as a power slot. And I keep saying that with some of these guys, it's just where I see them. They, where, where you see them put on the tape, and it just looks where they're going to be the most effective at the next level. Yeah, so, I mean, he's – don't get me wrong. He, he plays with his size, which is part of the reason he's gotten hurt. So – but, I mean, he runs through people. He's a physical guy. He does use his side. He's got great jump ball ability, so he's a good 50-50 guy. But sometimes those guys, when they don't have the other skills polished, 
they end up just being a 50-50 guy and not being a full-blown wide receiver in the offense. So, uh, he, yeah, again, like some of the other wide receivers in this draft, too, he does have some concentration drop issues. 14 uh, in his career. So, again, uh, just, he has a lot more things on the con side and not as much on the pro side as some of these other guys. Not that he has more cons than pros, I don't want to say that, but, like, other guys that when you're when, he doesn't check off as many of the boxes as you would like to see checked as some of these other guys do. So well, he comes he, with the injury concerns. So right, that's that's part. That's yeah. the mainly what it's all related to the injuries in relation to the speed and availability. And he's not as fast as like Alec Pierce and Christian Watson to go along with his size. Mm. He'd be more of a typical big-bodied wide receiver. All right. So that being said, then let's move on to somebody we have a little bit more optimism about. That is Jerome Ford, running back out of Cincinnati. This is a guy I'm very high on. Oh, yeah? Yes, very high on. What, 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 what makes you think so? He profiles as a three-down back. Does he? Yes. I, I, I only want to know for my own personal Yes, he profiles as a three-down back, right? Yeah, I'm so going all running backs this year. Let's series, get into so. it. So he started out at Alabama, played there two seasons, uh, was used very minimally, transfers over to Cincinnati in 2020. Has a pretty good season. He goes for 73 carries, 483 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, he catches eight passes for 51 yards. Just his past season, 2021, was his breakout year. Right? He gets 215 carries, 1,319 yards, 19 touchdowns to go along with 21 catches, 220 yards, and another touchdown. He was a part of that college football playoff team, uh, Cincinnati getting there. Um, you put on the tape, and he's got good power and play strength. He runs through arm tackles. He makes it look easy. You come at him with an arm tackle, he's breaking it. He's got great balance. His shoulders stay square to the line of scrimmage. He's got good vision, good footwork. Like his long speed, he's got good hands, and he's a willing blocker. Now, he does have some negatives. We say he's got good hands, right? But a lot of his roots were just checkdowns. It's not like he was lined up out there, like, okay, here you go, run this route. We're on look to get you the ball. It was mostly, there's nothing else open. Let's check it down to Jerome. And another negative is his elusiveness. I, I don't worry about that too much because I don't. I wasn't looking at that. It's not on the tape. That's not his game. He's, just, he's a he's a power bulldozer who's going to be able to catch passes out of the backfield. I think he really profiles as a three down workhorse. Similar yeah, to that Javante Williams mold from last year. Very similar in my opinion. And I feel like when we were talking about elusiveness with backs now, we're always talking about, like, this stop and start shift. You're like, the kind of thing that we would see Saquon do where, you know, he runs up and he taps his feet and does, like, the head knot and kind of GP. And, like, that's not the only way to kind of be elusive in the open field, right? If you can just kind of, you don't have, if you can make a good cut without losing your speed and all that, you can still get open. And I feel like he does he does that well at times, Um He's not going to come up and, like, juke you. He's just going to, if he's coming up and it looks like you might, if he doesn't want to take a contact, he's going to angle away from you and take off that way. And then, you know, like you said, you're going to try to arm tackle him. He's going to stiff arm you and body you through it and all that. He's not the best in pass protection. Again, how many running backs in this class are? There's few of them. Yeah, he's willing, though. It's not like he's not going to stick his nose in there. Right. Which so, makes me, it gives me um, hope that. He can be coached into the, in the right technique. That's what I was going to say. Effective. If you can improve that at the next level, then that's what will get him on the field. And then, like you said, he just needs some experience as a, uh, a more diverse experience as a pass catcher, not just a check down guy. Right. He needs to diversify his route tree in order to fully evolve in that. But I mean, the hands are even, there. even that in the NFL level, you can be just kind of a check down running back and still have significant value. Like, it doesn't matter to me if you 
caught that pass in the backfield or if you were, you know, ran a, a curl route or something to the right. flat. It's, that, the that's still a catch, catch for still a point points, for fantasy. Right. Maybe you'll get some more yards if you develop the route tree, but you can as long as you can be used out of the backfield on checkdowns. Yeah, it's you, not like you get extra points for catching up behind right. the line. Of Five checkdowns a game is still better than no passing value at Absolutely. all. So, so this is definitely a guy that you're, uh, you know, if you're you're looking at late round. I don't know about late, late round. Not late round. I don't know. I think I'm he's. Call, I'm calling third. I'm calling third elite. Potentially. Yeah. I think he's a guy who's going to work his way up. You think he's going to end up in, like, late second? I think he's a guy who's probably going to be in my top five running backs. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I haven't heard a whole lot about him also, you know. I'm not always super tapped into some of these guys that are outside the top ten, so. But yeah. that's, that's why you guys are breaking it down for us today. He, I believe, I'd have to check my rankings. I, I had him higher than a lot of other people, too. Again, I like the combination of the, the height-weight-speed guys. Are always kind of, for The running back position always kind of is kind of where I start out looking for them and then dig more into to kind of sort them out. And I, I know, like, obviously, you know, you look at the tape and all that, too, and obviously as well with them. But I just, sometimes I hear, you hear people try to sell you on these smaller backs or something. I, I'm not one of those guys. You're not selling me on a 5'8 wide receiver. You're not selling me on a 5'8 running back. Like, don't even, you're, you're wasting your breath. Stop talking about them, and let's look at some of these other guys that you're telling me can't do it for, you know. He's not a receiver. Well, did they try to use him as a receiver? Well, no. Well, all right, well, then don't tell me he can't do it. You know what this other guy can't do? He can't grow four inches and 20 pounds in the next year. So, all right, let's move on then from Jerome Ford, who we're both pretty high on. I, I agree with you. He could be an RB1 on a team. Yeah. Um, and we are going to move on to an Alabama wide receiver, Brian Robinson Jr. Running back. Running back. I said wide receiver. I apologize. So no we, we're on no running backs. So get it right. God, what's wrong with me? Well, Brian Robinson better. Jr. The listeners expect better. Five <laughs> five year player out of Alabama. Got uh, more involved as time went on there. Again, 2020 was the only thing to kind of uh, put a downside of that was because no, they played in 13 games in 2020. What am I talking about? Yeah, he, so this year was just really his first year owning the backfield. Every other he was always stuck in a timeshare. Najee Jam. Harris, uh, was it Josh Jacobs before that? Yeah, Alabama always has a staple of backs. It I seems like they're going to be turning Damian out. Damian Harris was there too. There's a couple others. So that's why he didn't get on the field early in his Alabama career. But that kind of works out when you're a running back because that means you have less wear and tear on your body. Last year, 2021, 271 carries, 1,300 rushing yards, 14 rushing touchdowns to go along with that. He also had 35 catches for 296 yards and two receiving touchdowns. So, Rich, this is another one of those guys that I'm a lot higher on him, and this is a guy that is in my top five at running backs as far as the rookie running backs go. top five, okay. I do have Brian Robinson up there. You are higher on him than me. I am higher on him than you. I like his combination of height, weight, speed. Again, that's what... He's not the fastest guy at the 4-5-3, but again... He's a bull. He's a bull. Exactly, and we don't... You don't need to be a 4-4 running back just to be the fastest running back or a useful running back out there in fantasy. Again, I I, I want the above-average athlete at each skill set because that means you can continue to develop all of those skill sets as opposed to a guy who is great in one or two areas of it but doesn't have those other skills because like, now I have to give him a skill as opposed to just polishing off a skill that they already have. And I think that he does have that skill set. Now, he's not particularly explosive. He might not have the burst that you're looking for, but he's got enough long speed. Uh, I mean, he's got good play strength. He's got good balance. So, like, he, that, he, he he's not a guy that gets tripped up. 
He doesn't get knocked over easy. He's not going down on first contact. He'll run through contact. He can recover and gain some yards after initial contact as well. So, I mean, he's got good hands out of the backfield as well. He's a decent wide receiver. He's not good in pass protection. Again, this is, we talked about all the running backs, though. He's not particularly good in pass protection. So that's what I mean. If I, if I just need to develop his pass protection skills a little bit, and, I mean, that's that you know, that's kind of it, and I'm just worried, like, he's never going to go 90 yards to the house. Uh, I don't need 90 yards to the house for my running back all the time. So I just need a guy who's going to out there and get me consistently four or five yards and give us good field position. And uh, that's what I think. I mean, I just, again, when people say that, like, they don't take it to the house, they don't have that big play, like, how many of the top... Would we say that about Najee Harris? I'm not going to say Najee Harris can't take the ball to the house for 97 yards. But was that something you were saying about him, that he's this explosive guy that's always going to do that? He's a bigger guy. He grinds yeah. it. That's what I th- I, I think though. the Saquon Barkley idea is is le- is more far-fetched than like the Najee Harris sort of role idea for somebody like Brian Robinson, where he's used as a, he grinds out the yards and is also used in the passing game and just through volume will be useful and relevant. Do you? No, she ran a four four five, so I think he's in that four four. So that's why he's not really too much talked about about him having the speed issue. Right. No, I, I and I wasn't saying that Najee was slow, yeah. but that's not what people were talking about. Right. Not like you didn't hear them saying Najee went to the stairs. Oh, you're gonna see all these big plays. Like he's gonna I'm break. Saying, off I think if you're if like not, Najee's gonna grind, you're not Najee's gonna be grinding out yards. Yeah, but he does have that offense. long speed. You see it with the four four. Yeah. Brian Robinson came out ran a four four. I don't think there'd be questions about his long speed. Right. I just think. Right, like, I think it's more about the acceleration than the yeah, speed. Yeah, I'm Robinson more worried about the burst that. and the, the agility. Right, that's more what I worry about. Is he going to be able to explode through those holes? Right, we we know NFL defenders are faster. Right, the holes are going to close quicker. Is he going to have enough to get through that hole before it closes? Is he going to have enough in his in his uh, agility and his footwork to make a guy miss in the hole? And, and, and bust out the other side. Right? So, that's so, my question. So part of what minimizes that for me is his size and his physicality as a runner. Where he's just gonna, if the hole is not boom. there, yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah. going to create the hole and, and crank out the yards for you. So he's a guy I don't see a lot of negative plays happening when you're using him at running back. I don't think he's going to get stopped in the backfield and get tackled for a loss. I think he, like I said, I think he can grind out those yards and he has the potential to do more. Is he going to be getting 10, 20 plus yard plays every season for you like some of the other guys like Barkley? No. But, I, again, you don't always need that. So, that's what I, so Brian Robinson, that being said, though, I'm looking at end of first round, early second. End of first round, again, depending on how everything else kind of plays out. Running. So, early second, early to mid second is where I say Brian Robinson. He's got to be on my team, too. He's a mid to late second for me. I guess, okay. who has a, I guess who has a, a late second, uh, thanks to you. Maybe that, that that pointless Chuba Hubbard Rondell Moore trade pick yeah. swap. Yeah, the, the absolutely greatest, pointless the, trade. The greatest non non trade impactful man, trade of all time. I don't think because how do you even like what do you think Rondell Moore is this year? Who the hell knows? Like <laughs> I mean, I guess he's got more upside than Cuba. Uh, does so. he fill that Christian Kirk role? Right? Do the Cardinals draft a wide receiver to fill the Christian? Kirk I, role? I just don't know. Or man. do they promote Rondell Moore? Yeah, I don't yeah. know, man. I don't. I, at the end of the day, I'm glad that I because I was in a total rebuild after the injuries that I sustained. Uh, but like, I mean, I'd rather have obviously the we we swapped one one pick position. And uh, no, I was brought down more. Two. Well, yeah, it's because there's a comp pick in there. Three, no, I got 302 and you have 210. Okay, got so, you. 
Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Either way. It's like pick. uh, uh two all, picks in between you because uh, the comp yeah. pick is the I'm way more hype on a lot of my other players than Rondell Moore is yeah. now. What, what, what do you think about Rondell Moore? Right? Were you gonna say something? I think the Cardinals are one of the eight teams that are gonna draft a wide receiver in the first round. And yeah. That, that totally. doesn't spell well for Rondell Moore. Yeah, I don't. That's yeah, I mean he's not he's not that big of a dude. I mean, you know, he I think he's got the potential to make plays. He's a he's an upside guy for sure. Here, you know? Here's part of what I'm thinking too, and part of what's affected my stuff throughout the draft is that you know what? Never mind. We'll save this. To yeah, we'll the save show it next we'll, time. We'll save it for later. That's all the guys we had for this episode. So we are gonna wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich Alex signing off. Mike Coyle. Later, fellas. Have a great day.